topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Mike Green. That's right. Welcome yes. to the Cannabis Agenda. Hey, dude, what do you think? Is it time for us to change that intro? What do you think, Matt? Well, it's not every Monday that we do this show. Oh, that's for <laughs> yeah. sure. It's not an hour-long yeah. show either. Yeah, we apologize <laughs> for that. We're still trying to figure out how to incorporate this uh, uh, show into our already super busy lives. But uh, it is be- <laughs> as, 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 our, you know, as we gain more listeners, we definitely are making it more and more of a priority uh, eventually, I, I would definitely be able. To, I don't feel like I'm going too far out to say that we'll be able to do this more regularly on more of a schedule. Mm-hmm. I imagine someday we'll be able to stream this bad boy too. So yeah, we can't know. wait for that day. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. How's it going, Jamie? Welcome to the Cannabis Oof. Agenda once again. How, mm-hmm. How's Thanks, your? Sir. How's I'm your? I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm doing well. I'm hanging good. Had a pretty. Uh, a relatively non-eventful fourth, but you know, it's just like I wanted it to be, so that worked out absolutely perfectly. Just chilled out. The fireworks are right down the street from my house, so I could just sit in my, I could sit in the air conditioning and watch the fireworks. That was kind of cool because it was nasty hot yesterday here where I'm at. So it's, it's fun. I'm having fun. How about yourself, Doing dude? Well? Crescent City, California, is a crazy place for the Fourth of July, man. I had an awesome experience last night. They got some fireworks up here. They got, I mean, a lot of people came down from Oregon, I think, with all those, all those toys. But how, how, um, arsenal of fireworks. How many dollars worth of illegal fireworks do you think were shot off? I don't last know, probably night more than South the city Beach? spent, though. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I bet more. It was. It was bigger than whatever the city sp- uh-huh. spent. Yeah. They had better elite. They had better fireworks. Theirs were more timed. But dude, that show at the very south end of South Beach, dude, those people planned that out and lit all those fireworks at a certain distance from each other, and they shot off. They did a show. They had an actual illegal show, like with like. Everything being in unison and timed right and everything for a second. Did you catch that, man? No, but you, got you weren't America, on the same right? trip as me, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. I went out. Okay, so here's how here's how our fourth was. We were at the the back of the beach, you know, as far away from the water as possible. That's where all the camping was, and that's where all the bonfires were and everything. And um, the uh, fireworks were shot off like twenty, thirty yards right in front of the campsites, basically. Well, the the tide happened to be out, so. I decided to go on a walk and um, walk along the water and watch it because it was like right at, as the sun was going down and the sky's color still had like purple and blue kind of, but real dark, you know, but it, it actually made everything like the water still gleam and everything. So it was a really, really, really beautiful scene. And and then uh, I was out there and I noticed, well, the people are shooting their fireworks away from the campsite, which makes sense, right? So they're kind of right. shooting them somewhat at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> And these things were like blowing up, like right on top of me, standing at the water's edge, looking back. Not many people out there. Most people stayed at the campsites near the fires and stuff. And and man, I watched, I watched fireworks for illegals on a huge beach, dude. This is like a a mile long beach for I don't know an hour, hour and a half. It was awesome. It dozens was and so dozens awesome. of people, uh, or dozens and dozens of campfires. Uh, people camped out barbecuing. 
That, there nice. were a thousand people on that one beach. At least, at least, yeah. at least. it's the most crowded Crescent City ever gets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a quiet. This is a quiet town, dude. You know, so it gets a uh, ruckus on the fourth. I don't know what to do. I think it's because they have decided. The government here has decided to be cool about the Fourth of July. Sure, they make some money. Yeah, they definitely make some money. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, man. So happy 4th of July to everyone. We got to blow up a bunch of shit and drink a bunch of beer once again. Although cool. I am not hung over. I Yay. was, uh, very, uh, very moderate on my, in, uh, on my alcohol intake last night. I only had like three beers over like <laughs> nine hours or something, which is, you know, pretty chill comparison to a lot of the other sloppy people. There's definitely <laughs> puke in the bathroom at Denny's at two thirty in the morning, you know, that kind mm. of night. Right. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, lots of cannabis was being smoked. I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people around the country. Like, really? You guys at a 4th of July fireworks show are like smoking dope all over the place? Yep. It wasn't even an issue. We're in in Cali out here. You know, you can just burn it pretty much. No police harassment or anything. The most they did was send around the fire people at the end of the night just to kind of help with the fires and everything and make sure everything was cool. So it's a good scene. This is definitely a good place. I plug it. Anyone that wants to try it, you should come hook up on the South Beach of Crescent City, California for the 4th of July. It is one of the biggest events in this area. It it probably brings in a ton of money for this area. It really helps us out. Please come check it out some 4th of July. And and it'll be next year. It's going to be even better. So. So uh, check it out. Bigger and better. Bigger and better. Hey, uh, welcome to all of our uh, our regular listeners and uh, some new listeners that we might have from the um, No Agenda show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we made a, a donation to the No Agenda show. Matt, you've been a listener for them for a while. You love their mm-hmm. show, right? Yeah, almost a year. Yeah. Adam Curry and uh, John C. Dvorak. Is uh, that you, how he says it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we uh, were plugged on their show on July 4th. And if you're listening... Because you heard of us through No Agenda, welcome. Please let us know you're welcome. here. Email us at uh, info at cannabisagenda.com. Let us know that you um, found us through No Agenda. And if you get a chance, let us know what you think. Because we'd love to um, get back to them on how helpful it was and uh, personally thank them for uh, plugging us. So. And uh, just for fun and because uh, you and Jamie haven't heard it bad, I'm going to play the, the plug right now for both of you. Oh, what cool. a treat, awesome. dude. Nice. Was waiting to catch him. $74 donation based on the 4th of July 7-4. And he really wants us to give a plug to the CannabisAgenda.com. <laughs> you know, no agenda. This is Cannabis, cannabis Agenda. You can only imagine what the show is about. It's on iTunes as well. So <laughs> Cannabis Agenda is uh, obviously promoting uh, the legalization of marijuana. I hope, and uh, which we talk about on this show quite a bit. Then, you know, again, you don't get much discussion about these sorts of topics on anybody else's show. You're just not going to hear in-depth discussion and, and deconstruction and, and, and finding interesting articles that are obviously propaganda pieces that have been planted by public relations agencies that are trying to keep it so we don't get the marijuana initiative passed in california and i think adam is betting that it won't pass i'm betting that it will okay well it's it's a fair bet i i think it will never pass cg mayor all right so that's it whoa (laughs) yeah we are pro we are pro legalization just so you know as well um sure it is a a touchy topic in california if you listen to our show and if you if you've listened in the past we've uh, debated the merits of the bill i definitely 100 percent am voting yes on it absolutely and um 
We are... Uh... Oh, no, it's going to be close. It's going to be a coin flip, man. I think it's really mm-hmm. hard to gamble on whether it's going to pass or not pass. So um, I think it's real close. The, the the polling numbers are favoring it passing at this point. Um, I've uh, been paying attention to, to political opinion polls for a long time, and they are near the magic number if they don't already have it for support in an issue like this running up to an election. However... We know the U.S. government, uh, big tobacco, the police organizations, mm-hmm. the jail union, the jail people, um, right. the district attorneys, they're all going to spend a lot of money in propaganda, and it's going to come hard, and it's going to come fast. And I don't think yep. they're even going to want to start too early. I think they're going to no. want to go after the undecideds late and hard because they don't want to give That's us right. time to deconstruct what they're saying. So, Because right. um, if they do, we'll make them look like fools. If they give us a chance to react, we will make them look stupid. California is in, in favor of marijuana. The power elite in California want marijuana. We are going to legalize marijuana in California. We're going to become one of the biggest cannabis tourist destinations in the world and uh it's going to do it's going to create a lot of jobs and that's uh that's uh that's if we get this coin flip vote passed in just a few Mm -hmm. more months so um yeah so thanks uh no agenda we really appreciate it um you know if you're listening uh you can check out our website we're at uh cannabisagenda.com our email is info at cannabisagenda.com um, we have a phone number, 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N. Call us, leave a voicemail. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to schedule uh, an interview or if you want to comment played on the air, tell us. We'll clip mm-hmm. it in if it's good, you know. Or uh, questions. Questions, whatever. We can bring Absolutely. them all. We can put them on here. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys one way or another. You can check us out on Twitter, on Facebook, and then you can download our show on iTunes, and you can listen to us directly off the off of the Canvas Agenda website. So please plug into all those uh, electronic communication uh you know, roadways with us and um, help us grow um, because that's what we're mm-hmm. all about. We're all about the growing of nice. cannabis and, you know, happiness in the world. So um, got one more little thing here in the intro before we get to all the current events. Uh, question to our listeners last week, our show, we were talking about the medical marijuana or the medical cannabis cup in San Francisco that went down a couple of weeks ago. And mm-hmm. there was a winner in, I believe it was, is, 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 the God, is God's Pussy a sativa or an indica? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won first place in the sativa. Sativa. Uh, I haven't even gotten a, to smoke any of God's Pussy, but uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I might try it out someday. So we uh, have been talking in the past and uh, currently about political correctness in, uh, in the cannabis, uh, overall cannabis culture. Um, and it's starting to creep in and they're starting to become debates about political correctness and whatnot. Like, you know, some people get offended by being called a stoner or whatever. And a lot of people are, uh, been in this, uh, culture for a long time. Don't, don't have the the desire to be politically correct. They're down with God's pussy. <laughs> they like green <laughs> crack and they, and they, they, they fucking wreck some train wreck every once in a while. And, uh, and they are stoners. So right. uh, we're working on a top 10 list of politically incorrect pot terms. Uh, email us your ideas, please. Um, tell us what you think about those names, all these, you know, 
somewhat politically incorrect things, whether they bother you or not. They don't bother me, but they bother some people. Hey, you know, I got one that I bet you wouldn't guess. What? Marijuana. Really? Marijuana? Why? Well, it's a pejorative term. It's not accurate in the first in the first uh, case, and I, that that bothers me to no end. I think that should that's legitimately a problem, but I think it's it's also kind of exaggerated within me because it's just a personal kind of pet peeve I have. But uh, it's it's just it's a negative thing. It was started by Henry uh, J. Anslinger, who most people, if you don't know who that is, he's the mudslinger. Yeah, he's the king. He's the he's the beginning uh, of this huge pot war. Um, not necessarily the drug war in itself, but the the, the war against cannabis. Um, after they stopped the war against alcohol in in 1932, then he he felt kind of like his whole raison d'etre, the reason for being, you know, was uh, removed. So he started uh, looking for something new and. He, you know, he was in cahoots with other people, and he started this whole ugly thing, and he started the use of that term marijuana, which was basically it was a name of a cheap brand of Mexican cigarettes, you know, and yeah. I, you know, it, there's a young girl on it on the on the pack, and it's, it, her name was is marijuana, which means Mary Jane, and that's how all that stuff got started. But really, you know, I mean, botanically, it's a plant we're talking about here, and I want to make sure people know it's a plant as opposed to a drug and all these things, which I, I understand that you can also classify it as a drug in certain cases. And there's other names that have some legitimacy to them. But really, we're, we're trying to enforce the, the fact, the fact, not opinion here, that this is a plant, you know, and that the plant's name is, is cannabis. So that's, that's just my own thing. I don't know. Do you yeah, agree with well, the, No, maybe, I don't. You know, no, I marijuana don't. is kind of, it's kind of <laughs> grown and became its own. I, I so, think I, I, it definitely grows, and it grows large, and uh, I don't have any problems with marijuana or Mary Jane. Jamie, uh, you officially get the Sensitive Stoner Award. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes, it's for you, Jamie. No, it's cool, man. I mean, it's you know, that's not how I see it. I don't care. I don't it doesn't bother me. So, I don't know. I mean, I just don't feel like it's stabbing at me. I don't feel like it's racist. I think that it may have been at one point in history, but well, people lose sight good. of that kind of stuff and they just start using words and they lose meaning over time, you know? Sure. Um Sure. So, and they get co-opted, you know? Yeah. You know, so we took over that. I understand that, but I think I think a lot of our differences probably in the differences that we are in our approach to what we're doing right now. I mean, I spend almost all my time in legislative type stuff and working in that arena where it's a little bit different. You kind of have to. It's kind of like a second language you have to learn in a way in order to get through with these people. I mean, if I just went up there and talked casually and you know used like typical slang words, which I'm not averse to at all, I, I'm very comfortable with. Then they'd be like, whatever, you know, get out of here, you, you freaking stoner. <laughs> and I wouldn't get anywhere with these guys, you know. So I try. And granted, you know, most of your legislators really, they're, they're not overtly like smart. So it's not really like I have to, you know, be some kind of English major or anything to deal with these people. But, you know, it's just kind of the stigmas that, that are attached, the ridiculous, you know, non-true bogus stigmas but you know they're still there and i'm trying to communicate and cut through with these people sure well i mean so you know that makes exists. sense that's the political atmosphere in the united states it's to be fake yeah yeah it kind of is unfortunately that's true and too often I'm it's, it's true. You can't say fart and shit in the Congress halls. I mean, like, I don't know, man. Like, 
I, I agree. I think that people should try and talk intelligently, but come on, there's nothing wrong with ad, with, with you. I don't know. I just I, this is a whole different subject, not with marijuana, sure. but uh, uh, there's something to using slang and popular, you know, jargon. Yeah, jargon and and stuff, and still still be intelligent. And humor is good. And you know, I don't Absolutely. know. I just I just really think that. If you can't look at someone who does that and and hear their message and still be able to to laugh at the way it's delivered, then you're you're, you're probably too complacent. I don't know. You're right. making too many arbitrary rules. Totally, and like, yeah. just chill. I totally agree. You know, that. totally and that's the agree. thing. And with with government is they're all they like want to they want to grab a soundbite from what you say and make you look like an asshole and it's all based off if you use words incorrectly it is you know it's detrimental to your cause in congress because of the way that the media operates around those words that you use and the way that everything is recorded and you know and then when you're even having those discussions with people even on the telephone in a non you know recorded sense or whatever they're judging you when you're talking to them based off of how politically correct you are because if you're not politically correct, they don't want to associate with you because you could be detrimental to their cause. So I understand what you know what you're getting at there and everything, but it's just a damn cause of the the fact that the government is fake and it really, really bothers me sometimes. But whatever. Let's talk about some more optimistic stuff move on to the, to the agenda <laughs> it might not be also optimistic actually but let's it's time to move on to the agenda for the day as usual it's a mixed bag we're going to start out with california today california knows how to party yep california knows how to party seriously we well, do but uh yeah we got some serious stuff happening in california again we've been talking about los angeles for a long time on this show and it appears that the unincorporated areas of Los Angeles County are increasingly becoming a favorable place for dispensaries to pop up because uh, they don't want to be within the city limits anymore because of all the restrictions from the new ordinance that passed just or that went into effect in June. Um, so a lot of dispensaries are starting to pop up out in the uh, kind of the surrounding areas of Los Angeles County that don't have like a Los Angeles. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't actually, what's unincorporated mean? Does unincorporated mean that it, it does have a Los Angeles mailing address, but it, what's that's that outside of the city limits, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would be outside of the city limits, but still within the County limits. So if <laughs> I was to send a letter to them, would I, I address it as Los Angeles, California, or would I address it as whatever the name of the place is? It probably still is Los Angeles, California. Just, okay. Just because yeah. I mean, you can be in an unincorporated area and still use the name of the nearest incorporated area as your address okay well los angeles is huge people if you've never been there and drove around it's a gigantic place it's spread out talk about urban sprawl i mean it's just a huge cancer no it's really not i like la for what it's worth but <laughs> like yeah sorry la that was kind of that was kind of i just think that i think the building the way that they've done the, the 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 um transportation the way they've done like you know um how people commute there the roads the freeway system screwed the public transportation lacking and then they did not think about their you know how to build the city properly um when they were first uh 
you know gro- expanding as much as they were i think they didn't they didn't for, they didn't see in the future that cars were everyone was going to have their own car and and you know like that means that there's going to be a lot of cars on the road if they grew the way they did so i don't really like los angeles all that much because of the traffic that's my only big hang-up on los angeles but the unincorporated areas of los angeles are going to be having uh they're ha- starting to find more and more dispensaries popping up so uh let's see they're, they are going to impose a new moratorium trying to shut down uh more of them so that they cannot do this um they're concerned about crime they talking about killings that happened last week whatever whatever they're trying to pro 2006 they uh, prohibited dispensaries within a thousand feet of churches daycares centers uh libraries playgrounds schools and other sensitive use areas um and uh, apparently a new one just popped up within a thousand feet of a library so they're getting all concerned they think it's going to be out of control they're you know it's 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 been a concern for a long time to them and uh the story came from looks like the LA Times and um yeah so they're going to try and bust up on the pot shops even more in Los Angeles County they want to close more they don't they're they're trying to be very restrictive uh I don't know man what, how sensitive use is a library should a should a dispensary yep. be able to be by a library yeah, I mean, you have freedom to get on the internet. You can check out the latest strains, learn about what God's pussy really is, all those things. I mean, I don't know why it's that big of a deal. I mean, there's not going to, well, is it maybe because there's a children's library there and they're still using the whole uh, children argument that, you know, we don't want them to, I mean, but that, that's kind of a moot point anyway, because, you know, it, a lot of these dispensaries, when they're run, when they ran well, you really can't, they're not overtly like, it's not like a gaudy strip club or anything like that. I mean, no, it's not. You see that you're getting you're getting at the point there. They're making these stupid arbitrary rules, which basically make it impossible to open a dispensary anywhere. Instead, right. they should put serious regulations as to how dispensaries are ran. And if you don't run your dispensary the way it's supposed to be ran, you should be shut down. And that's how they should do it. They should stop addressing it from right. like arbitrary distances from different areas and stuff and look at the place. Yeah. If it's safe, it's it's if it's if it's you know flows in the neighborhood and feels right and you know they make guidelines for this and determine to regulate it that way and in this stupid arbitrary way where it's like hey pot is bad we don't want it near our children (laughs) anywhere near our children get pot away from our children our children our children that's what the government's doing down there is they're making these regulate they're making these rules these zoning rules that are basically like trying to say that marijuana is bad and it's going to affect our kids and uh I'm not down with that jargon, man. That's a bunch of propaganda. It's not real. It almost gets to the point where they don't even have to say any of the rhetoric they want to say. All they have to do is just get get in the camera and make a really scary face and go, children. Danger, children. Ah, pot. Your kids will all be high by the time they're eight. Okay, Sergeant, now we're all scared to death. Uh, Give us the list of rundown of what we're going to make illegal because of that fear. Right. Yeah. I think a much better alternative here is for them to regulate the way the dispensaries are ran, the field they have, the security they have, et cetera, et cetera. Make make the rules for how they have to be done if they feel like there's any sort of issue relating to it. Um, So I don't know. You know, I I feel like this is another I think more all in all, I still, you know, once again, not a moratorium fan. Not at yeah. all, dude. You know, I think the un- unincorporated area aspect of this is because they're a little bit 
they are a little bit more far removed and they're a little bit more difficult to keep their eye on. And that's what their, what, however irrational fear is. Yeah. Did you, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's not really, you know, I mean, they're definitely, you mean from being out in the unincorporated areas? Is that what you mean? Because yeah. But yeah. they're not I mean, like rural. Be- it's not like that. These are like, it's like suburbia, dude. It's like Los Angeles just is like one big thing. It's hard to even tell like when you've left one area and gone into right. the next area. And, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's totally because they do, they can't police it. I mean, they're not. Uh, when we went down there, it wasn't like there were cops everywhere shutting down all the dispensaries all at once. You know, they're moving on it slowly. They, they just can't police the whole thing. And the, instead of, of like trying to make people actually go through legal, you know, routes of doing it and like putting the regulations in place of how the places have to be ran and then enforcing that over time and shutting down people that don't follow those rules slowly over time. I mean, what you'll have is you'll have people that don't follow the rules, right? Well, okay, so eventually they're going to get caught and they're going to get shut down. And then you're going to come back and see if they're following the rules again. If there's, they open back up with that, you know, while they're supposed to be shut down, they're, they can be arrested. And like, you know, if they then get shut down and then they say, okay, we'll change. Okay, this is what we have in place. And they prove to the area that they have it in place and it's a safe place and it feels better. We can open it back up and then test them again in the future and see, you know, if they are continuing to run their business in a way that's, safe and, and effective for the community they're in, you know? I mean, yep. essentially Los Angeles is a big place. And like I said, it really sucks. And everyone down there knows as far as tra- being able to travel around and get around. And <laughs> so right. everyone wants their local pot shop. They want it near them. So they don't have to spend all their time on the freeway, you know? And I mean, everyone there knows that, that that's the benefit of having all the stores as close to them as possible is so that they don't have to sit in their car forever, you know, like they do for everything else. So, right. um, right. you know, We've uh, we got some better news in California. Yeah, we do. It looks so. like, uh, what's this, the Santa Cruz Civil Grand Jury reports that uh, the county could earn up to $7 million in tax revenue? Yeah, you got it. You got um, a clip for it, right? I do, yeah. Let's play it. Sure. Talking in California today about pot in California and its battle over legalizing marijuana. Not just medicinal marijuana, all marijuana. In fact, today in Sacramento, the NAACP, mm-hmm. through its support behind a statewide initiative that's on the November ballot aimed at legalizing pot, they said it's a racial issue. While in Santa Cruz, the civil grand jury report released today took a very in-depth look at the financial impact of legalizing pot and said it could really help Santa Cruz County. That story as we begin team coverage on the issue tonight with Action News reporter Phil Gomez in Santa Cruz. Well, Dan, according to the grand jury, the marijuana nomics in pot sales could mean $7 million in new tax revenue for Santa Cruz County, but it's all based on voters passing the measure this November. The grand jury focused simply on the monetary benefits. They didn't look at the moral consequences, and they used some colorful language to grab your attention. It certainly caught ours. This is the final report of the 2009-2010 grand jury. It's believed that ultimately 19 million ounces of pot would be smoked yearly in California if legalized. The grand jury believes if a $50 per ounce excise tax was placed on it, then it would generate about $7 million in tax revenue annually for Santa Cruz County. 
came up with the numbers and we found that no matter how you slice it, even our conservative estimates, that it looks like it might be a moneymaker for the county. Jurors also looked at the financial impact on law enforcement resources. Everything from time spent tracking and destroying illegal grows through the courts and jails. They estimate the county spends about $1.36 million. That said, uh, you know, if marijuana is illegal, you know, there, there may be additional costs that we're, you know, that we're unable to estimate, you know, costs for, you know, if consumption increases, are there going to be more people driving impaired? Are there going to be, uh, you know, more people walking around disturbing the peace? With such a hot topic, grand jurors didn't want to bore readers with numbers, so they added lines to spice it up and grab your attention. What we wanted to do was, was liven up the report a little bit and share some of the interesting things that we found uh, while we were researching the dollars and cents. And grand jurors did not base these numbers on any scientific or verified data. These are merely their assumptions. We contacted the sheriff and some members of the Board of Supervisors, but they declined to comment until they've actually got an opportunity to read the report, Dan. All right, thanks very much. Uh, something else worth noting is the overall tone of the grand jury report. You've got to hear this. The authors themselves describe their own report as dry as cottonmouth or a, a great martini. The preamble invites readers to partake of their, <laughs> quote, favorite beverage, powder, pill, or smoke as you read it and promise it, quote, surely will put you to sleep. You can find the entire grand jury report, what the fuck? whatever you're consuming, on our what website the fuck? at oh, I love Santa Cruz. <laughs> we should have stopped the clip and not that, that part in there, but that's some <laughs> comedy relief at the end of that. Uh, they were saying, so hold on, the grand jury was saying that stuff about their own report? Yeah, the report is as dry as Cottonmouth or a, a great martini. <laughs> oh, man. Santa Cruz is a trip, man. It's a good spot. Like it a lot. Um, yeah, for sure. uh, dude. Yeah, I got some some things about that. Uh, they are basing that all on assumptions. One thing I want to bring up is this fifty dollar excise ex what's it excise 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 tax. Um, I think that if they like think they can just mm. stick that on there no matter what, they're crazy, dude. Because right now an ounce of pot's probably worth about one hundred and seventy five to as high as like three hundred dollars at a wholesale level. So if they're talking about $50 per ounce to the consumer at at the retail level from the you know from the retailer m might work out. If they're talking about it at the wholesale level might not work out, especially if the price drops significantly because of legalization. So to stick with like some random arbitrary number like that might not work and if they actually do that i mean that's the ultimately this is where it's going to come down to when it becomes legal is we're going to be leaving it in the government's hands to to tax it you know and uh they may tax it fairly and they may not so it'll be up to us as citizens and as consumers and as, as people working in the industry to lobby our government to make sure that we get taxed fairly and uh who knows whether or not 50 a 50 dollar excise tax will be fair um once mm. supply and demand becomes more of a legal um, business model, and you know, with marijuana, as, right. you know, in California, it may not, it it may totally change the price. So um, we got to kind of wait and, and see about that. But uh, it's definitely going to bring them a lot of money. I mean, Santa Cruz is a huge 
tourist destination, dude. And we're not talking about only yeah. California citizens being able to smoke dope in the state. It's anyone over the age of 21. So if you have a legal uh, identification card from another state or another country and you come over here and you're over 21, you can go into these shops and smoke weed. And, and we have a lot of people that come through the state in RVs and travel up and down the state. I mean, it's hard for us to even guess how much money we're going to bring in from from, you know, non-California residents um, with this whole thing. So they're right. It's a bucket load of money that they're going to be getting. It's a bucket load of money the state's going to be getting. Um, but, uh, you know, have to see how that all kind of turns out. Uh, I got another story. It's not sto- enough for some people. No, it's not. They, they're going to try to get as much of it as they want, and we're going to have to fight back and tell them, you know, when they overstep the boundaries, we're going to have to uh, – to, to put them in check on that. And I, and I, I suppose we'll, we'll, we will do that. So um, another story from Oakland. This is a, a bit of an update. Um, Oakland is considering um, new rules that would uh, tax and regulate four large indoor um, grow operations. Uh, they're aiming this effort at um, eradicating more of the small-time growers and have a system in place where the pot is grown taxed regulated it is then processed taxed regulated into food into bud into hash whatever and then it is sold at their at dispensaries that are taxed and regulated so it'll have a complete system the all of the marijuana all of the the can- sorry Jamie all the cannabis in uh, Oakland um is going to be uh is going to be um from uh you know sources that are taxed and that's what the government there wants and, and the bay area has mm-hmm. been much more forward thinking on regulating the whole industry so. sounds like a lot of tax you were talking ta- taxing three times yeah but are they different Jeez. companies i mean they they're, they're going to tax i don't know we have to fi- see here they do here we run into one of these issues again oh here's what they're talking about here so one of the things that they're going to do is just to apply for a cultivation permit for one of these four dispensaries it's $5000 right and then if you are awarded the license the permit the regulatory fee is going to be $211,000. Woo! Yeah, wow. dude. 211000 So um, that's how they're talking about making money off of these people. You need a quarter million dollars just to... <laughs> just to do... Well, you have to do a big-ass grow then, dude. I mean, we're talking, like, big one, you know? A biggin'. Um, I'm sure they know how big they have to be to be able to actually... Because they've had just those four dispensaries now for years. And so they know how much pot they sell. So they know how much pot they have to grow. And of what types and everything, it's going to be state of the art, I'm sure. But uh, it's an, it's going to be an expensive operation. Um, they say that the um, there's a estimated retail value of like seven million or something like that. If you do it right, if you're one of the one of the four, I guess. But yeah, so this is we'll get back into that. You know, it's going to be a matter of whether we get taxed fairly in these sort of things and how much money we should pay. And then again, all that stuff will have to change if uh, if the price of pot changes. You know, I mean, the government has to be they have to react to that kind of stuff. And so that's what's going on in Oakland. They're big time in it. They're the Oakster Dam. They want to be the the Amsterdam of uh, North America. So. Uh, they're trying to do it right. Yeah, my big problem with Oakland is you stand in a line that's like stand like it's like you're at a busy day in the airport. And you're like, man, mm. I gotta I gotta check in for this flight, dude. And God, I can't look at this. Oh my God, I'm cutting it close. You know, and you're you're like in one of those lines when you're at one of these Ugh. four dispensaries. Yeah, they definitely. Uh, it's I think it's time for Oakland to um, 
open a few new spots. Come on, guys. Like, uh, let's cut those lines down a little bit. Let's think about the patients and the and the the consumers a little bit. So, hopefully, we're moving there. Um, all right, and we're now on. To, let's see. Oh, I skipped one. <laughs> Here, did we do the Jerry Brown? No, we haven't talked about Jerry Brown. Uh, yeah, what's up with him? So he's the attorney general in uh, California, and he is the government. He's gonna he's running for governor as a Democrat, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people just assumed that he was gonna be down with cannabis and pushing this this uh, you know pushing the the November ballot issue, but he's not. He's totally opposed to it. And we have a clip, so let's uh, check that out. And that report from Santa Cruz comes as the NAACP throws its support behind this November statewide initiative, initiative rather, aimed at legalizing pot. And candidate for governor Jerry Brown was in Monterey talking about it as well today. Action News reporter Felix Cortez continues our team coverage. And Aaron, this may surprise many, but uh, Attorney General Jerry Brown today said he strongly opposes legalizing uh, marijuana, says we already have enough problems with medicinal marijuana. The state's top cop, Attorney General Jerry Brown, says he'll fight to defeat a ballot measure that would legalize marijuana. The candidate for governor says legalizing pot would open the floodgates for the ruthless, violent Mexican drug cartels. Every year we get more marijuana. And every year we find more guys with AK-47s coming out of Mexico, going into the, into the forest out there and growing more and more. And dangerous... Uh, Losing control. Jerry Brown spoke Tuesday at the California District Attorneys Association meeting in Monterey. The president of the association says his group also opposes the legalization of marijuana, says it will only cause more problems and more bloodshed. The idea that this is going to fund our communities and fund our state through people paying taxes it is, a, is a misnomer. Uh, most of the marijuana comes from the Mexican cartels and they don't pay taxes and they don't take kindly to competition. We just think it's a very bad idea. But the ballot measure that would make it legal for adults to carry an ounce of weed for personal use drew support from the California NAACP. At a news conference Tuesday, its president said blacks, more than any other group, are being arrested for low-level pot crimes. To save our community and to spare them from becoming the wards to populate the prisons for the prison industry. Well, if voters approve the uh, ballot measure, people could uh, legally sm- uh, legally grow small gardens. But uh, here's a catch. It would really leave it up to local jurisdictions, cities and counties, uh, whether or not to allow marijuana sales. Aaron. Okay, I've got some. Here's your marijuana, your, <clears throat> your, your fear tactic here from these people is... It's all Mexican pot here. Are you kidding me? I don't think I've smoked Mexican pot in California ever. Are you kidding? <laughs> Not once, dude. Like that's the problem in the rest of the <clears throat> Pardon me. In the rest of the country where they don't grow any of their own weed. It all comes in from Mexico. And that's not even true. A lot of good uh they get they get some some herb out there too, but like a lot of weed in the rest of the country is from Mexico and it's because it's illegal. I he he might I think he's referring to uh uh, Mexican nationals coming up and growing the herb in our national forests. Sure, but he was still making it seem like all of our 
all of the consumer pot in California comes from those people. You sure did make it sound and, like that. And that's not the truth. That's they do come up lie. here. They do come up here and they do do that. And they should continue busting down on those activities and people that are harboring guns and gangs and mobs that are trying to screw this whole thing up, dude. I mean, that's that's part of it. But legalizing it, I mean, just look at the, di- the difference from our medical scene here. It's become much more professional, much more. I mean, there's, dude, I've never smoked any mexican cartel pot ever before guaranteed 100 percent. I, I i know it's I, I know i haven't so yeah you know what i i think the the point that jerry brown is uh missing is that the uh the, the price of pot is so high because it's illegal and that's the incentive that uh these these uh mexican cartels need um that that's their incentive to grow the pot in the first place is they can get a really good price for it. Yeah, and, and they they probably move their stuff throughout the rest of the state. They need to keep. I mean, they you know it's just wrong for people to be doing large scale guerrilla grows that are guarded by gunned you know like armed people in the middle of the national forest. That that's wrong, dude. And if we move into a legal uh and into a legal where we're we're doing things legally they're still going to have to deal with that because they're still going to have that going on but that is a separate problem from the entire marijuana economy in California those people mm-hmm. come to California to grow in California and then they probably take it to other states mostly i would guess and you know so um it's they should continue fighting that fight but that's a whole separate issue from whether pot should be legal or not in my opinion so Jerry yeah. Brown for governor Dude, big issue there, man. That's that's a tough one for the Democrats, dude. If one of these Republican candidates that ends up, if Meg Whitman comes out and is is, is pro cannabis, dude, that's going to lift her over the mark. I mean, I have a feeling Meg Whitman's going to be the governor anyway. We were talking about this, Matt. She's probably they're probably trying to move her up the political ladders really quick in the GOP. She could be a presidential candidate within the next eight years, I would guess. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yep. So wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But um, so. If one of them come out and are pro cannabis, man, we might be electing another Republican in California for governor. Oh, so on purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a it's definitely a possibility. So what happened with the did they change the name on the ballot initiative? Oh, this is some very good news. I'm so I'm so happy about this. Uh formerly known by the somewhat overly wordy title, the Regulate, Control, and Tax Cannabis Act of twenty ten. The ballot uh California ballot initiative has received a new name. The increasingly popular initiative will now be officially referred to as Proposition 19. Prop 19. So much, so much easier. So that's a welcome change, at least from my viewpoint. It's a heck of a lot easier than, to mention Prop 19 than to go through the whole regulate and control descriptive. So, it is a prime number. Yeah, and it's less vague sounding than just saying the California initiative. You know, So, yeah, that's a welcome change. I'm glad they finally did that for sure because uh, – it makes it easier on all of us that talk about, uh, you know, all things related to cannabis and especially, you know, the Can- California initiative that's going on. So Prop 19 it is. I'm in. All I'm right. I'm voting yes on Prop 19, plugging it now. That's my, my viewpoint on it. So Prop 19, the best we've seen yet. <laughs> Definitely. Nice. Wow. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. You could have sold that one. Yeah. <laughs> you might still be able to. Might be. <laughs> Register that. Yeah. All right. Domain name here. All right. Prop 19. Hey, we've got a topic barely worth any of your time. Oh, oh all right. It's a clip from New Hampshire. <laughs> New Hampshire. I don't think about that place very often. They're, they're kind of on the other side of the country. Yep. Hey. All right. This, this is fairly amusing. 
Well, Josh and Gene, Merrimack police admit this arrest involved a little luck, but they say the result is a pretty serious dent in the local drug trade. On his way into work Friday, a Merrimack police lieutenant noticed something curious. A man walking from the Webster condominiums across Route 3 and into the woods. Sean Prue was carrying a garden watering can, and the officer recognized him from a prior contact. Lieutenant Poirier uh, immediately uh, followed the individual um, into the wooded area. I used his cell phone to contact uh, the station to get officers up there, and Lieutenant Poirier soon thereafter found uh, Mr. Prue. Uh, literally working on his uh, uh, grow area. Police confiscated the outdoor plants and then turned their attention to Prue's condo. There they found what they described as a sophisticated indoor marijuana growing operation. He had all the necessary electronics, the, uh, the lighting, uh, right down to the fertilizer and uh, the, you know, the watering cans that would be required, the air purification systems and, and all the other things needed. Prue also had a machete for harvest time, but investigators say among the 50 to 80 plants they recovered, only two had reached maturity. Most still would have needed the rest of the summer to grow. Prue is charged with a single felony count of cultivating marijuana and is currently free on bail. <laughs> Prue's next court appearance will be July 15th for a probable cause hearing. Reporting live in the newsroom, Adam Sexton, WMUR News 9. <laughs> Reporting Dude. now, we've made a huge, huge uh, bust, and it'll significantly affect the, um, the, the drug trade in, uh, in New Hampshire. He had a one, machete. He's dangerous. He had a machete, and he, can, he had all the necessary <laughs> equipment to grow marijuana indoors, and he only had two plants outdoors. In his sophisticated grow area, uh, you should have seen. Yeah, you should have like seen a, these pictures. There was <laughs> like a couple, <laughs> a couple of riggedy wired ballasts and uh, some ready grow. When a watering were... can is not going to hold up in court as a, a um, <laughs> reason to have cause to follow, to follow some guy somebody. into the woods, dude. <laughs> uh, if it does, that's ridiculous, buddy. I hope you have a good lawyer. Yeah, dude. Let us know if anyone knows this guy. Um, let us know how we can figure out how to help him if he needs a legal defense fund or I don't know. If we, I don't even know if we can actually pull anything like that off at this point. But, <laughs> dude, dude, you just got busted with your can, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, I feel yeah. bad for this guy. And they I feel bad that, that they're guy. trying to make it into such a thing like, oh, my God, he's such a criminal. He grows marijuana. <laughs> sophisticated. He's a sophisticated yeah, they, drug lord. They make it sound like he's some kind of a... Uh, uh, Kingpin, James James Bond, arch nemesis <laughs> guy, you know. Yeah, double O four twenty. Yeah, I think they should free that guy, let him out, and then slap him a couple times <laughs> for being so stupid. Why the guy that was growing? Yeah, you don't walk in front of a, a police officer with a watering can. Be stealth, dude. <laughs> Be highly sophisticated. Be at least remotely sophisticated. Slightly sophisticated. I don't know. That's <laughs> a kind of a good point. That's kind of oh, a good it's point. It's funny though. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, yeah, Nevertheless, dude. regardless of 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 you know, all kidding aside, I don't. I, I'm sure we, we don't like agree. seeing people getting busted. No, you should not be getting a felony for anything related to a plant. No. No, no, no. Come on. It's a plant, man. Chill out on the felony stuff, people. It's time to end that madness. It's time to end some madness in Montana, too, dude. We're moving on. Uh, Mayhem. Montana mayhem. Um, We've been keeping up with stories in Montana. It's it's one of the pioneer medical marijuana states right now. Like, has a lot of stuff going on. There have been some violence. There's a grower beat to death. Uh, 
and then there are a couple dispensaries that were firebombed, and uh, they're talking about amending the law, changing the law, adding new regulations, uh, all mm. that kind of stuff. They're uh, really trying to uh, to change some things. Um, apparently, in Montana, how they've been giving you your recommendation, how a doctor gives you your recommendation to um, use cannabis is under scrutiny now, and they're thinking about changing the the way that it can be done currently in um in montana there are these like mobile cannabis caravans or what the story calls it this is a right i don't even know who this is a cannabisnews.org story um and uh these like you know maybe maybe like buses or whatever go around and um they uh give recommendations and i think that the doctors don't even actually see them the doctors have their own office and they have like physicians assistants or whatever going on um but they're going to they're going to try to regulate that and move towards a um system where where the the doctors will be required to see the patient and the patient um will have to provide them with their medical records and then they will have to um if if it's a so like if you have like you know cancer or glaucoma or something like that you'll be able to from your primary physician you'll be able to get a cannabis recommendation but if it's chronic pain if it's chronic pain they're going to uh require you to see a specialist about your chronic pain and then the recommendation the specialist will confirm it or whatever mm-hmm. and then you'll be able to get a recommendation from your primary physician so they're going to try Essentially, to somewhat close the loophole on chronic pain, and you all so know, yeah, it'll take two people for people with chronic pain, and they're uh, they don't want these mobile units anymore. They want they want mm-hmm. you know you to go to a doctor's office like a normal normal you know medical patient would. Uh, basically, what they're doing here is they're trying to close the chronic pain loophole. If you're not familiar with the way that medical cannabis um, states work, the ones that allow for people with chronic pain to have medical cannabis are the loosest. In, in essence, chronic pain acts as the loophole to give almost anyone the right to use cannabis for for medicinal reasons. So it, it yeah. kind of works as a loophole, kind of in a sense, for people to use it recreationally and for people to use it loosely for their own pains, however they see fit. So, mm-hmm. so they want to close that loophole and they want to close the mobile units. They want it to make it more difficult. They wanted to make it back towards more medicinal. And that's the debate. That's the debate. The chronic pain. Is it a license for chronic or is it, you know, do they want, sh- should, should we, if, if we're talking about medical cannabis, sh- do we want it to be that difficult for people? I mean, you know, like to, to use cannabis. I mean, and so this is, this is, seems to be the debate in Montana. Sure. Um, and in, in fact, in, uh, there's some infighting in, in, even in the, the, the medical movement. Oh, I bet because this is coming down to the here we come to the political correctness thing. There's there are people in our movement that think that marijuana um, is should only be legal for medicinal purposes, right? I mean, there's people that believe that. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at uh, info at cannabisagenda dot com if you're one of those people. Um, because uh, it's an interesting. It's I, I believe it's a minority. I believe it's a large minority in um in the movement, but mm-hmm. I think it exists. 
and uh, the infighting is going on over that, whether or not those some of those people hold that that's a good thing, that they want medical cannabis to be able to stay around so that people can safely use it for medicinal purposes, and they do not want it to be a loophole for recreational use, um, which is the current situation in Montana. It's the current situation in Colorado and in California and in Oregon and in Washington, possibly right. in Hawaii. You know, I mean, the, the in Michigan, too. I mean, that's so, so like those are the states that have kind of used those laws to really loosen up pot for people to be able to use legally and not be persecuted for and to allow you to determine how you need to use it for what medical uses. Cause I mean, I don't have glaucoma or cancer or anything like that. I have severe shoulder pain. I have tension and I have restlessness and I have anxiety and I use it for that. I self-medicate with that, but I do also use marijuana recreationally sometimes as well. Like last night I was totally using it recreationally, but um, you know, I use it to self-medicate a lot, too. So I think there is a fine line between the two. I think the same person can use it recreationally and medicinally at the same time. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all this shakes out in Montana. At least we don't have any news of f more fire bombings or deaths. So, yeah, thank goodness. You know, that's what I'm saying, dude. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Um, in the process of uh, checking out that story, I, I ran across a pl – uh, they were talking about a, a group called the Montana Medical – Growers, um, mm -hmm. and uh, it's the uh, sorry, it's the Montana Medical Growers Association. Their website is www.montanamedicalgrowers.org. You should check them out. What they are is they are a not a not for profit trade association committed to preserving the privileges of caregivers and patient growers in the state of Montana. They're committed to the development and av availability of superior medical marijuana for all Montana patients and the reduction of the risks inherent in the gray areas of our laws for caregiver businesses, whether it's through training, educating the public or by developing ways for caregivers to help caregivers. The Montana Medical Growers Association is there to help, and their goal is the long-term success for everyone in the industry. So mm -hmm. I'm bringing this up because it's a trade organization related to medical marijuana, and I, I always find these things interested. No one knows enough about them, um, but there's there, if you are inclined at all, if you're in a state and you're inclined to try and start some sort of organization, this is probably a good one to start checking out. There's also mm -hmm. a union forming down in Oakland, California. So far, these are the, t the two like trade organizations that we've discovered on Cannabis Agenda. Um, when we get more information about the Oakland union, we'll totally let you guys know. We'll, 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 we'll you know, pass out the info on them and everything. But at this point, it's still just a discussion, it appears. But, uh, yeah, you can check out the Montana Medical Growers at their website, uh, and I, I recommend doing it, especially if you mm -hmm. have any desire to, to, um, to, you know, start some sort of organization of the such. So, Yeah, and good for them people. Right, right. That's solid, Absolutely. That's solid stuff right there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What's uh, – so there's uh, some cops that were caught up in some, some drama yeah, in, it's, in Montana. It's funny. You spoke about the fact that uh, right now they're they're hard at work. The the rule makers in Montana are hard at work at kind of rewriting their rules um, to ban the traveling medical marijuana clinics. Um, they're also I think they're scrutinizing delivery or different things like that. Um, well, in the news today, this is coming from the Billings Gazette. Uh, Billings Gazette um, Karen Deans of uh, the Gazette staff writes, the, the conflict between state and federal laws over the legality of medical cannabis is forcing some law enforcement officers to take on the unwelcome duty of delivering pot that caregivers attempt to ship through a partial service. 
Over the past year, the Billings Police Department has received an increasing number of calls from FedEx and UPS workers who discover packages containing what appears to be legal medical marijuana. This is interesting to me because these guys, the cops seem pretty laid back and, you know, and kind of impartial to it. But it says the a police investigator must then pick up the package when they call them and make phone calls to determine whether it's a Montana legal product produced by a caregiver who is registered with the state and notify the distributor to retrieve the pot. All that can add up to several hours of police time, which is a waste of funds, obviously, in my opinion. Then the caregiver may not pick up the product, saddling the cops with returning the cannabis to them personally. Um, Billings Police Chief Rich St. John quotes, We don't want to be in the middle as a broker. We're wasting a lot of time investigating and looking into legitimate businesses. So so that's interesting. They're, uh, they're having... I can't imagine. I mean, it's such night and day contrast to what we're doing over here in Illinois right now to have a, a police officer actually come to your house with your pot. <laughs> you I, I think that's crazy, dude. I'm, I'm just just logged on to Twitter and and uh, found that news story in, in another way too. That that's that's crazy. That they should, uh, are you? They've got are the, you Jamie Cass? Uh, right. You, yeah. Uh, I, I have your I have your cannabis, sir. <laughs> Thank you, officer. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. Have a great day. <laughs> that would be weird, dude. It's bizarre. Yeah. I'd have to sit on my couch and contemplate that one for a few minutes after that happened. That'd be really weird, right? Anytime that you have to, because of you know, we know how hardcore the government still is. It's it's weird to have to deal with the any of officials about marijuana you know i mean like i i'm about to you know i there's a possibility in my life that i may have to talk to a court about it here real soon and um due to a uh you know separation um but uh yeah like it's weird to to deal with officials government officials in regards to cannabis no matter how legal it is because for decades they've been persecuting us and now like even though your rights are a little bit protected it's still really awkward you know like it's really weird when you're smoking a joint like right next to a cop have you ever done that before it's really weird dude no you haven't done that before uh no matt matt doesn't doesn't smoke joints near cops well (laughs) in the plaza when people are burning there's cops around man and in a 420 celebration in redwood park in arcada there's cops around and and in concerts and stuff too. I mean, I don't know. I've smoked security guards. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely uh-huh. smoked. But I mean, also cops. I mean, like around cops, dude. You know. So. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. If if I know a cop is around me, I'm not going to be smoking. You're not I'm, smoking. One might have walked by me while I was smoking before. It's civil disobedience, bro. You mean like you almost got caught? <laughs> Yeah, right. (laughs) It's different. That's another way to put it. Yeah, I don't know. There's just, uh, up here in Humboldt, there's times when you can tell, like, okay, it's a cool time to smoke a doobie around the cops. Smoking a doobie Mm -hmm. around the cops. I've been to the uh, 420 celebration in Redwood Park there. It's pretty crazy. It is, it is, it is, definitely is. Uh, Yeah, man, I don't know. Cops delivered my dope. I'd feel a little weird about it. Um, we got one last story from we, Montana here. We do. We've got a clip. It's uh, some more craziness going on more in Montana. Discord. 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 Uh. Thanks, Fred. In April, a work group made up of local government, law enforcement, and the medical marijuana community was tasked with exploring developing issues with the Medical Marijuana Act. All members of the work group agreed upon a few issues and presented their recommendations to legislators today. First, the state must create a regulatory board to oversee caregiver activities. 
Second, legislators must clarify definitions within the law. They must also review and amend the allowable amounts of medical marijuana. The group also suggested prohibiting the use of medical marijuana on school grounds. The group reviewed the current law, discussed ideas that were suggested by work group members, by state agencies, and by others, and they made recommendations for your consideration. The Children, Families, Health, and Human Services Interim Committee hope to come up with a bill draft or amendments to the current act by November. Until then, members of medical marijuana community are working with legislators in an effort to increase support for their causes. The news station's Marnay Banks attended today's meeting and joins us live and joins us live from the Capitol. Marnay. During today's meeting, it was evident that there's a growing rift in the medical marijuana community, and two men who are championing the cause are at the center of it. For all the flaws in the law, the biggest single problem has been Mr. Christ's exploitation of its vagueness and loopholes. Jason Christ runs Montana Caregivers Network, an organization that hosts mass medical marijuana screening clinics. Tom Dobear runs Patients and Families United and has been at the forefront of passing the Medical Marijuana Act. Both sit as members of the work group reviewing the act and making recommendations to legislators. How do you plan on dealing with this if you guys can't work together? We are working together. Tom Dobear and I have worked together. He works hard to end suffering, and I work hard to end suffering. That is working together. I think his uh, effect on public understanding of this law has been devastating, and mm -hmm. uh, his influence on the politics of this law have been poisonous. And it's a, it's, a, it's a very sad thing for the future of all the patients who need cannabis. Dobear says the majority of members of the medical marijuana community agree the law needs further regulation. He says he would like to see mass screening clinics like the ones Christ runs entirely outlawed. It has invited a complete circus atmosphere, uh, tarnishing a very important uh, law that's vital uh, to addressing the suffering of thousands of Montanans who legitimately need cannabis as medicine. Mm -hmm. Christ stated in the meeting he thinks some regulation of the act is good, but is worried about over-regulation. Tomorrow, a group of legislators will participate in a subcommittee that will craft changes to the Medical Marijuana Act. Live at the Capitol, I'm Marnie Banks for Montana's news station. Oof. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah, they're really that's a big one. they're battling out there, dude. And and it's yeah. you know it's fair because it's fair to like kind of maybe desire making some changes to these really loose prop voter propositions. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. we're having issues in California with so. making any changes to it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're real loose and open. It's like, hey, should we have medical marijuana or not? And it's like, yes. And it's like, okay, so. <laughs> Now what do we do? I mean, this is just happening over and over and over again, seems like, for the short of it, you know? So so right. it's reasonable that they're discussing these things, um, you know, but this could be one of those places, this in, those instances where you talk about often, Jamie, where things right. can go backwards, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It, and I think the biggest threat in that area is, is exactly what that gentleman was just describing, you know, was setting, it, it brings a, it discredits a legitimate, uh, activity that's going on and it brings this circus atmosphere, you know, makes it look like it's just a bunch of crazy hokiness.
It's crazy hawkiness. That's what it seems crazy. like. Crazy hawkiness, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> they're hokey up there in Montana. That's for sure. Yeah, hokey, hokey. He's in Montana. No, nah, man. Seriously, it's, we, we uh, gotta. We, we, we're supporting. We're we support everyone in Montana that's leading the way in uh, uh, moving cannabis into into a new light. Um, and talk uh, about courage in this movement, man. You got to have it to be involved in Montana for sure. There's like an organized faction uh, faction against you up there. So uh, more power to you for staying strong and keeping uh, keeping up with the fight. So uh, the fight's going on in uh, Michigan too. It's getting you know these are okay. So so these are the states that have kind of been the most loose. You know, you've got uh, the ones that have kind of really opened up a full on cannabis econ- So there's 15 laws that have passed, and I'd say. California, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, Montana, and Michigan have kind of opened the floodgates the most so far that we've seen. You know, we'll see if any of the other states end up moving along that 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 direction too. But currently, those are the six that are like really kind of opening it up, and uh, they're they're they've got a lot of battles going on in um, uh, Michigan too. Uh, the city of Battle Creek wants to put a temporary halt to any new operations in the city related to medical marijuana. City commissioners will vote on a six month moratorium on Tuesday. If approved, the city would not grant any land uses, including licenses or permits, associated with the sale or dispension. Uh, dispensation of uh, medical marijuana until January. So we're talking about another moratorium. And again, I'll keep on preaching. I think moratoriums are stupid a lot of the time. They just don't work out. They're not very well conceived. They don't really allow for the law to, um, or to, I mean, you're supposed to be implementing the law, not delaying its implementation. Figure, figure out some solutions here, folks. Yeah, instead of, like, stopping everything, like, just, you know, because pe- here's ultimately what ends up sucking about that is this is America. We got pioneers. You got people that are like, oh, it's legal. You're putting a moratorium on it. I'm still going to do it. I'm going to try to find my back way of doing it. And then you have all this crap to deal with after that happens, and you're like, oh, well, you're doing an illegal action. And they're like, not really. And they're like, well, yeah, because you went about getting your licenses and stuff, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, then give them to me the right way. And they're like, no. And it's like, you know. And then, There's a moratorium. Yeah, there was a moratorium. <laughs> it's like, come <laughs> on, dude. You know? So, yeah. Know. Yeah, it's something. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, on goes the fight. It keeps on going, man. Uh, that's not the only thing going on in Battle Creek either. Oh, we got a clip. Oh, this one was all over the news. Craziness. Jeez. Got some big box interests here. Big box. Now to Battle Creek, where a fight is brewing between a retail giant and a man they fire for smoking medical marijuana. 24-Hour News 8's Emily Limert reporting tonight from the Serial City. Here at the home of rollback prices and unbeatable prices at the Walmart in Battle Creek, Walmart Incorporated and a manager here at this Battle Creek store slapped with a lawsuit today from the ACLU in Calhoun County Circuit Court. 30-year-old Joseph Casillas says he loved working here, but he was fired for using medical marijuana. Now the ACLU is going to bat for him. I felt like we were a family. Uh, when you have a team, you know, you don't, you don't never see the back of the team. 
Still a lot of love for Walmart as a company and his co-workers at the Battle Creek location, a store he worked at for five years, a place he was named Associate of the Year in 2008. A card-carrying medical marijuana patient, Joseph Cassius was diagnosed with sinus cancer and a brain tumor at 17. He says he never used marijuana on the job or came to work high. It was a fall on the job that led to a drug test that revealed to those in charge at Walmart that he was using medical marijuana. His lawyers say what came next was wrong. When Michigan adopted the Medical Marijuana Act, they recognized the critical relationship between a doctor and a patient. And what Walmart has done has violated that relationship, and they violated the act. Now six months unemployed, Joseph is struggling to pay for medical bills and support his wife and two kids. The lawsuit asks for back pay, damages, and if possible, his job back. I just want to do better for my family. The manager of the Battle Creek Walmart is also named in the suit. We went to the store to get his reaction. He gave us Walmart's 1-800 number. <laughs> What's the perfect outcome with this? Perfect outcome? Perfect outcome would mean that I have to say when I'm using change, I can change the laws and function to be on the move. So what happens next? Walmart has 28 days to respond to this lawsuit. We'll continue following the story. In Battle Creek, Emily Leonard, 24-Hour News 8. We, we should give the um, website for this so that you can go and watch. Because this guy has got a lot of medical issues. And if, if you watch the video, you can understand what he's saying a little bit better because you can see his lips moving. They actually have subtitles on the video. So that would probably help a lot um, because he's really hard to understand. This guy's got you know some serious medical issues. I hope he sues the pants off of Walmart, man. I hope they're <laughs> successful. I hope he's awarded Me enough too. money to where he never even has to step back foot in that ugly big box. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm not feeling that. All I can really say about that is that story is fucked. Right. I give, I give, I give it to the giant. That's fucked stamp, too. So if, uh, if you I mean, see this gentleman, he is he's far advanced. He has some serious cancer. Is that they believe it is it sinus cancer? Sinus cancer so, and a brain tumor. Yeah. yeah, it's really serious. And you see some pictures of him. It's just saddening to see that, you know. I mean, and they love the guy at, at Walmart. He's done a good job from what the, all the information I've read about this story. It's Yeah, it, it's, it sounds, I mean, they, they mentioned the manager um, wouldn't talk to them. It, it, I, I would bet the manager tried to win, uh, go to bat for, for this guy. I mean, I, I don't have any evidence to, uh, to support that, but um, it, this seems like a corporate decision, not, not, uh, right. not a branch or, you know, a, a retail outlet decision. Man, it's unfortunate. Well, we hope the best for him, for sure. It's going to be an ongoing fight. Ongoing. Keep on going. It's time for your Rocky fight. Mountain High. What's going on in Colorado, dude? Hey, well, how do you feel about uh, cannabis spirituality or cannabis uh, coupled with, say, religion? Sound uh, feasible to you? Me? You're yeah. asking people. Well, Possibly I don't know. So. We'd love to hear from people about what they think. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's possible, man. I think that, yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm very into like it being connected with the earth as a plant and it needs right. a lot of different chemicals to work and it needs water, it needs air, it needs carbon dioxide. And then it's consumed by humans and it does affect you and make you feel different which people could see that as a connection with everything and so yeah i mean you know like 
mm-hmm. I can see it being spiritual or sacred or at least in by our you know human understanding of what that is like how people could believe it like that and i mean i see people smoke bowls all the time it used to be more trendy like you you take mm-hmm. a hit off of a bowl and then you do this little blessing to it you remember when that Jobless. phase was going on jobless yeah no not specifically but i know yeah i know the behavior you're talking of yes and i mean and i'm not trying to poke fun at people i think that people need things in life like that like you know i like to put the toilet seat down after i piss i think it's like you know a big deal so like uh, you know whatever good analogy (laughs) i was was at a huge gathering one time and there was a big group of people walking with us you know unrelated people were walking and this guy was sitting there in front of all of us right in our line of sight and he took a big rip off of this bull and he goes jobless jobless is there jobless a, jobless jobless <laughs> oh my god there's probably uh there's probably a um reggae artist uh named jobless yeah it was funny at the time but hey you know not all of us uh you know we joke we kid you know to each their own though this guy uh certainly takes uh cannabis uh spirituality very very serious um this coming from the colorado springs gazette from uh, Mark Barna. Uh, real quick, take- Jamie. Yes, yeah. there is a reggae artist named Jobless. It's confirmed. There is. There is. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Go I ahead. Have to check him out. See what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> we could be on the same page. Is there a reggae uh, artist called Jobless? No, I don't know. I don't think. I think, I think if I f- type the word Jobless into Google, I'm going to find a bunch of other crap. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not reggae coming up in the first. Oh, no, it's definitely not reggae coming up with that Google search. So. Jobless is a reggae artist, though, so check him out. Hopefully, yeah. he's, hopefully he's cool and he's not some like you know homophobic freak or anything. So, what's going on there in Colorado? Then, yeah, sorry, buddy. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dig this. Uh, Reverend Roger Christie, uh, founder of Han- uh, Hawaii Cannabis Ministry, um, also I believe this known as the THC Ministry. It doesn't say that in the story, but I think that's one and the same. Um, it didn't take him long to move forward with his plan to establish a cannabis church in Colorado Springs. Christie, who lives in Hawaii, was in the city Tuesday, June 22nd, to give a lecture on the spiritual implications of marijuana and to check the temperature of locals about founding a cannabis church. Um, Not a lot of people showed up for this one. I think it kind of catches people off guard a lot of time. About seven people showed up for his lecture. But while giving two more talks in Denver last week, Christie said, a person stepped forward offering to lead the Colorado Springs Cannabis Church. Currently, the only cannabis ministry in Colorado is in Nederland. Um, for more background on Christie's cannabis ministry, read, uh, the, another Gazette story. You can check it out on the Colorado Springs Gazette. Um, additional information can be found at the ministry's website as well. So like um, a, a, a cannabis church, like that's a place where you can go and smoke pot. Yeah. And there'll Christie be women there reveal- too. There'll be like women there. There will. There I'm will totally into it, dude. Three or four women. <laughs> I'm there. Uh, Sign me up. Yeah. 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 It's cool. But, uh, he says that. Um, someone, well, let me, let me just finish the story where they, where they start, where they left off. It says Christy wouldn't reveal the name of the future Colorado Springs church leader, but he said it's, it's someone that has four years experience as a Hawaii cannabis ministry pastor and expertise in marijuana dispensary models. He said his reason for not revealing the man's name is that the candidate needs more ministry training and a better public relations sensibility before talking to the press. He quoted Christie says he is still unpolished in the ministry. Um, and he is a little bit of a misguided missile right now, but he's very trainable. 
So they're getting him prepped. Uh, Chrissy has no information yet on where the Springs Church will be located. The tentative plan, however, is to lease space in a building and grow the ministry from there. So uh, this guy's like the the Sarah Palin of the uh, marijuana church movement, huh? Huh? Yeah. Unpolished. Yep. Oh. Yeah. A little raw. Chris, Chrissy little says that for those people, passionate. Uh, oh, kind of sounds stupid. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> Is that what we're getting at, Eric? <laughs> they're worried about the uh, the dispensaries in Colorado. There's a lot of stuff going on, and people uh, caught, some patients are, are fearful that the marijuana supply will be cut off. Christy says that for those people, the cannabis church may be the answer. The First Amendment protects religious belief and practice, including using uh, cannabis as a sacrament. He said, moreover, Article 2, Section 4 of the Colorado Constitution protects freedom of religion and the practitioner's, quote, mode of worship. Cannabis ministry congregants smoke, inhale, or swallow marijuana during the service as part of the sacrament. But most, oh, but people are not allowed to overindulge in it, Christy said. The sacrament is for sincere people. I'll go there and pick up chicks. Yeah. And smoke good weed. Yeah, fake the fake I'll the go, sincerity. We should meet there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a good buffet. You know? I'd like to meet this guy. Uh, actually, yeah. in, in all honesty, I think you've used this the medical or I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, religious um, defense uh, in, in a lot in numerous cases with extremes. I think he said a hundred percent success so far. So. Totally, that's really interesting that you can. Use, I mean, that's you know a constitutional issue. I guess is yeah, the, why it holds so strong. Lawyers don't want to. Yeah. And state's attorneys don't want to fuck with that one. I'd be lying, though, oh. if I was like, I smoke weed because it's spiritual. I'd be lying. It'd be a lie. That's not why. That's not why. I well, maybe maybe it is. For other people, maybe. But I don't think right. that it's, for me. You know what I mean? It's a lot difficult of people don't for think, people to think that. A lot of people don't think that it's medical for them either. It's, sure. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just, a, you know, but a lot of people do. Oh, mm-hmm. what do a lot of people think? This is a very interesting discussion. <laughs> Yeah. No. Well, yeah. We got lost for a second. There. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the crickets come into play. You might got the crickets. You got the crickets. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right. So. All right. All right. All right. We're moving on to the news, news from, from the, the Fed. Fed. Yeah. What's up with the Feds? The Fed. Hey, that's my cue. Okay. Um, I was lost in the getting lost thing here. This is a front page uh, story that uh, just uh, ran on the Wall Street Journal. Um, So that's pretty interesting. It's uh, strap police run on fumes and federal pot fighting cash. So you know that right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I need to mention Justin uh, Sheck from the Wall Street Journal is uh, produced this story. Um, this is happening in, in California. Shasta County Sheriff Tom Basenko, his budget under pressure in a weak economy, has laid off staff, reduced patrols, and even released jail inmates. But there's one mission on which he's spending more than in recent years, pot busts. The reason is simple. If he steps up his pursuit of marijuana growers, his department is eligible for roughly half a million dollars a year in federal anti-drug funding, helping to save some jobs. The majority of the funding would have, been, uh, would have to be used to fight pot. Marijuana may not be the country's most pressing crime problem, the sheriff says, but, quote, it's where the money is. That's, That's fucked scary. too, dude. You better believe it. Um, not liking this story. Not at all. Washington has long allocated funds to help localites fight crime, influencing their priorities in the process, I think wrongfully. Today, today's local budget 
squeezes are enhancing this effect. And the result is particularly striking in California, where many residents take a benign view of pot, but federal dollars help keep law enforcement focused on it. To make sure his office gets the federal funds, Sheriff Basenko, since last year, has spent about 340000 of his department's shrinking resources, more than in past years, on a team that tramps through the woods looking for pot farms. Though the squad is mostly U.S. funded, the federal grants don't cover some of its needs, such as a team chief and a certain equipment that they have to buy. So Mr. Basenko has to pay for those out of his regular budget which should be going for other things like stopping people from stealing my freaking DVD player. He doesn't doubt the value of pursuing pot farming, which he says is often the work of sophisticated Mexican gangs. There's that sophisticated term again, and leads to other crimes like assault, which they should be using the money to stop. But other infractions like drunken driving and robbery may have a bigger direct impact on local residents than pot growing, he says. So he's admitting that there's other things that would be better to spend this money on. But since this gets garners, garners all the, them all that money from the Fed, that they keep pursuing something that's not in their in their or you know the public's best interest. It's all about the, the Benjamins, pot- baby. It's all about the yeah. Benjamins. Uh, the sheriff goes on to say the pot money is quote three hundred and forty thousand dollars I could use somewhere else in my organization end quote. He's, oh, he continues that should fund three that could fund three officer salaries and benefits. And we could u- have them out on our streets doing patrol. Very uh, so, so, dude, did something happen to your DVD player? No, no, that was just a random example. I wanted to st- stick in their big screen TV, but I didn't want to get too kind of flashy because I don't have it. I can't afford that kind of cool shit. So <laughs> I just stayed with the low, the low red DVD. It's a nice DVD player, though. If somebody stole it, I'd be really pissed. But yeah, yeah not not just yet. Just an example, you know. People, yeah. you know, property property theft is like just so heinous, man. Because people bust their asses to get stuff, you know, and then they go out and get it and they take care of it and they're like so grateful to have this thing and they're digging on it going this rocks and then some jackass comes in and swipes it and you know the cops aren't anywhere to be found because they're out tramping through the woods looking for plants i know dude that's all let's check it out (laughs) seriously think about it if you're the cop if you're the police chief and you uh, in a small county like shasta county and you're starving for funds and you know you're gonna have to lay off john and, and mike and and you know right. John and Mike and, and Joe. You, you barbecue and shoot off fireworks with them on on the Fourth of July, and yep. you know you you they got kids you get they got kids and they got this and they got that, um and you know this um it's kind of a even if you support cannabis I guess it's kind of a moral dilemma isn't it? Yep, it's a shitty thing to do, but then again you know look what they're up against it's kind of it's kind of in in a vague way it's kind of similar to the argument you were saying you know you're you're 100 percent for the initiative the prop 19 initiative in California but you had to consider at least take into consideration that you have all these friends you know these dear people that you care about that their livelihood is going to go poof up in smoke and so you know no pun intended but it may not though is the thing I mean like yeah. I, I I don't know that that's a tr- that might be we haven't. They might. We haven't been yeah, able they to might prove. find out that's not the case. So right. I hope so. Yeah. yeah look, this this story goes on to talk about the Fed's money and their their. You know, it says that the U.S. Justice Department is spending nearly three point six billion dollars this year to augment budgets of state and local law enforcement agencies. In addition, the federal government last year set aside close to four billion dollars of the economic stipul- stimulus package for law enforcement grants for state and local agencies. The White House also is spending about $239 million this year to fund local drug trafficking task forces. Much of the federal money helps local agencies go after sophisticated criminal gangs and uh, hard drugs like methamphetamine. Sophisticated. Yeah, there it is, highly. Um, and uh, 
and, and drugs like meth. So even, star, even staunch supporters of legal pot usually don't dispute the value of that. But the story goes on to say, quote, federal money ends up supporting priorities sometimes out of sync with public sentiment. And uh, this all as uh, California prepares to exercise its public will in an upcoming uh, in the upcoming November vote on Prop 19. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a crazy dilemma to be in, huh? I tell you. What uh, do you do? We move forward and fight on and le- and vote yes on Prop 19 and, and, and legalize marijuana. And uh, we stop. Um, except as a state, we decide to stop accepting federal money to, you know, prosecute marijuana crime. I, I, I guess we can continue taking federal dollars to fight crazy gorilla grows in national forests and potentially in state state forests too. You know, I mean, actual actual harmful crime. Yes, if it's related to marijuana, you know, like there's no reason no. that we can't take federal money for for fighting those causes but um you know to take down mary's you know 10 acre pot farm leave her alone you know what i mean like let let her be she's she's got a you know she's got a small thing it's medical um or in the future she's got a a a business license and and she's legally allowed to cultivate it so um it's all changing. This is probably one of their last runs where they're going to be able to like keep Joe and John and Mike hired because of of this money. It's going to change. Uh, the state's going to force them to change those sorts of things, and and uh, inevitably, you know, that's why cops are against legalizing pot, not because they actually know, or and some of them may think that it's mm-hmm. bad, but because that's how they get paid. That's how everybody yeah. gets to keep working. That's where the the money comes from, you know, the drug war. Right. So, um, And you're paying all that, too, because it comes out of people's tax money. Oh, sure. So they, they, they get paid and then pay right back into it. It's like an investment for them, their taxes. Yeah, keep the ball rolling. From the research, Ben, what have you got for us here? Something Something going on. The- yeah, well, you know, we we like to uh, every once in a while include some some real uh, objective research studies or something that's uh, interesting about um, related to cannabis and human beings. Um, this one is actually from we, we'll try and stick to research that's less than one year old. Agreed. I mean, it, it doesn't always have to be that it just came out last Tuesday. That'll probably be a hot topic that'll be featured on our show, I would guess. But, uh, you know, as long as it's, we'll try not to give you something that's, you know, 15 years old because medical research goes so fast. You know, we just want to kind of uh, keep up with the, the, the way that this evolves. But this one is actually from um, August of uh, 2009. Um, Paul Armentano, Armentano from uh, Normal, he's the, uh, what is he? The, I think he's the executive director. He's the uh, deputy. deputy. That's right. Director. Executive, deputy. Deputy, executive deputy director of Normal. Um, in this state, this story reads: Compounds in cannabis may protect the human brain against alcohol-induced damage, according to clinical trial data published online by the journal Neurotoxicology and Teratology. Investigators at the University of California at San Diego examined white matter integrity in adolescents with histories of binge drinking and marijuana use. They reported that binge drinkers, defined as 
boys who consumed five or more drinks in one sitting or girls who consumed four or more drinks at one time showed signs of white matter damage in eight separate regions of the brain. By contrast, the binge drinkers who also use marijuana experienced less damage in seven out of the eight regions. Quote, binge, uh, binge drinkers who also use marijuana did not show as consistent a divergence from, not, from non-users as did the binge drink only group. It is possible that marijuana may have some neuroprotective properties in mitigating alcohol-related oxidative stress or excitotoxic cell death, the authors concluded. In 2005, researchers at the National Institutes of Mental Health reported that the administration of the non-psychoactive cannabinoid cannabidiol, or CBD as we know it, reduced alcohol-induced cell death in the hippocampus and adrenal uh, cortex of the brain in a dose-dependent manner by up to 60%. Quote, this study provides the first demonstration of CBD as an in vivo neuroprotectant in preventing binge ethanol-induced brain injury, the investigators uh, concluded in the Journal of Pharmacology and Experimental Therapeutics. Commenting on the findings, Normal Deputy Director Paul Armentano said, quote, alcohol and cannabis appear to have contrasting effects on the body. He said, ethanol is clearly toxic to healthy and developing cells, whereas cannabinoids appear to be relatively non-toxic and possibly even neuroprotective. So that's very, uh, very good information. But I want to definitely tell people along with this story, understand this. This is very, very important because we care about you guys. All right. If you're driving, if we we argue often, you know, about the the merits to this, you know, driving and how would you say that kind of harm, harming your ability to drive and you can drive less, you know, you drive automatically worse on cannabis. And there's studies that show that that's not necessarily the case. And we're, we're always in these arguments trying to get to the truth and trying to sort the stuff out. But, but I got to tell you, if you mix alcohol and cannabis together, then all bets are off. You're risking your life and things are, are large, have a huge potential to be way less uh, under your control. Um, so I want to make sure that people don't get confused by hearing this and think, oh, well, see, I'm way better. <laughs> it's a dude, where are you going? I- I'm going home. No, you're drunk. It's OK. I've been smoking cannabis. Not a good idea. So please just, uh, you know, I-, I respect that our listeners are probably, you know, a lot more educated or at least a little bit more bright, you know, to, know hope. to do that. But, you know, it's it's a serious thing. Sometimes when this kind of research comes out, people jump to conclusions and sometimes they can be potentially harmful conclusions. So I want to make sure we clarify that. Definitely. And this is still- Yeah, but that's cool. What do you think? You know? uh, well, I definitely know that marijuana is safer than alcohol and that'd be cool if marijuana makes alcohol slightly safer. Yeah, neuroprotective qualities. Yeah, that's pretty uh pretty amazing stuff. I yeah, I I I can't I don't know. It seems pretty it seems pretty crazy. I would love to see another, you know, I need another study confirming this though. So, yeah. More studies, please, more studies. Please. Mm-hmm. Yes. That There's, means we need the feds to reschedule help. this. Yeah, that's reschedule marijuana. Come on, you've got you know, I mentioned well, we this over that. and over again, Marinol which is excuse synthetic me. THC. Excuse me. Yo, yo. Excuse me. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. I, I, I'm Joe government. I just wanted to let you guys know we can't change the status of this drug. Oh, okay? my gosh, dude. Come can't on. Do you it. don't even want to hear my argument. Why, Mr. Joe government? It's just just because if we if we change the status, then you're all going to do some research. Oh, and then we'll look like major dumbasses. Is that what you're scared of, Joe? That, 
then our argument's going to go up in smoke. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm still, I still can't believe Marinol is a Schedule 3 drug. It's 100% THC. It's synthetic, and it has one of the safest, safest health and, and safety records out of all drugs on the market. And uh, they'll have it as a Schedule 3 drug, and then marijuana is a Schedule 1. Come on. Get out of here. How many times we got to prove that there's medical, that there's, there are medical uses for marijuana? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. That's the whole deal. They just don't want they if they change the status, then you're gonna be able to prove it. You're gonna be able to prove all these things. Actually, not only all the things that we've been saying, but we're gonna find out a ton of new stuff that we don't know already and go, Oh man, not only is it good for this, but it's good for this and this and this. And it's you know, it really is. Not only is it neuroprotective, but to this extent, we never imagined. And you know, there's the potential for those things. Of course, those aren't definites, but the potential for those those type of findings and revelations are just huge. And I think, you know, don't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? That's why they don't want to change the reclassify it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's, I mean, that's, you know, that's a possibility. Other possibilities are just hard headed, dude. You know, they're just hard headed and, and, uh, the money thing. Yeah. That's yeah. Part of it. Yeah. And it's already, you know, the way the drug war works currently pays for a lot of jobs for a lot of people. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's a, it, it's, it's debatable what their, I don't really care what their motivation is. It's, it's screwed. And right. uh, they need to uh, things need to change, and and they're not changing it for us. We have to force them to change it, and that's what's happening. It's still happening. You know, it's not like they're they're just giving us anything. We're taking it, and we're going to continue taking it, and continue taking it until we force them into a corner. And that's essentially mm-hmm. what we're doing. We are doing it. We're doing it. We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving forward. <laughs> we are. And we got a nugget today. Here's some more stuff about putting them back into a corner. That's this right. Will, this puts the government into the corner, specifically when it's talking about money. So uh, uh, today, Cogs is bringing us the uh, the nugget, the crystally <laughs> nugget of the day. What do you got, man? Something well, on marijuana and stocks, right? Yeah, right. So I was I was listening to uh, uh, the marijuana radio show. I think uh, you guys are both. Checked it out. Out of Colorado. Out of yeah, Colorado, yeah. yeah. They, they, they got some good interviews on that show. I really like the people they bring on. Um, and they had this, uh, this guy who I had not heard of before, Bruce Perlowin. Uh, I think I'm getting his last name right. And um, I guess back in the day, I'm not sure exactly which day I'm talking, probably the 70s or the 80s. He was a marijuana smuggler. Um, and he uh, moved a lot, of, a lot of pot, according to his interview. Um, and he got busted. And he did time. And he's out. And he did his, did his time. And... Uh, He's out and he's working on a business, um, and his business is called Medical Marijuana Inc. And uh, it was the first company I've ever heard of, uh, marijuana-related company I've ever heard of that's actually being traded on uh, the stock market. You can go and buy shares in this company, um, and it has a, a market capitalization of about thirteen million dollars. So that's what that's what the stock market figures this company is worth um, at their share price of eight cents. Eight cents a share, you can buy a share of MJNA. What, didn't you say they started what? off at 80 cents? Or yeah, something? they started off somewhere less than a dollar, and they've fallen significantly. I would not uh, recommend these as safe investments to anybody. We are not advisors, people. <laughs> we are not financial advisors. But, um, yeah, there, there are a few <laughs> other companies I found out. Cannabis Science, Inc., uh, ticker symbol CBIS, Cannabis Medical Solutions, which is CMSI, oh. uh, Green Grow Technologies, G R N H, 
And uh, the one I previously mentioned, Medical Marijuana Inc., MJNA. So if you're into stocks, follow mm-hmm. those and check mm-hmm. them out. At least look those. If you know about, yeah, if you can do any analysis on these companies and uh, and get back to us, like, uh, let us know if they're worth anything. They We'll totally bring you on air if you know what you're talking yeah. about. They don't show uh, any substantial revenues or any that I was able to um, find. They, they're all... They call them pink sheet or over-the-counter stocks, so they're not subject to um, all the reporting regulations that uh, uh, companies, for example, that the they trade on the New York Stock Exchange would be subject to. So, so they don't trade on the New York Stock Exchange. They do not tr- trade on the New York Stock Exchange. I'm, you yeah, can, they're e- they're fairly easy to purchase though. Okay, and 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 did you did you purchase them? I. Yes, you did. Don't do this, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it until they're down to a penny per share. And right, at that when point, I'm crying. You're going to be pissed. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, well, I got them at a penny. So uh, we'll see how that works. Yeah, I, I bought some of uh, Bruce Perlewin's company here, the Medical Marijuana Inc. I, I think that I would actually, I, this is probably a good idea, um, I would like to go check out some of these uh, their operations. They're publicly traded companies. You should be able to get a tour, or at least you know, talk with someone. Contact them. Mm-hmm. We can do interviews mm-hmm. with them. It's true. It's it's uh it's a you know they, I'm sure they're into trying to sell their product. That's uh, the name of the game, man. So we'll try to we'll try to get more info on this whole uh, marijuana stock thing and get back to you on it. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be more of this in the future for sure. Definitely. Uh, we got one last story. One last story. It's good news. This We're going to leave on a positive note this time, people. This one tickles me pink. <laughs> tickles me green. <laughs> so uh, the, 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 you know, the governments and the power elite of the world gathered in Toronto this past week um, for the, the G20 summit where they decide uh, you know, how much opium they'll move from Afghanistan to uh, uh, you know, Europe or uh, you know, they, they figure these things out at these meetings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they're always they're always protested. And I think I heard they spent a billion dollars on um, the whole setup and, and, and an ungodly amount on security um, to keep these protesters away from uh, uh, these very important people. I think it's the most that there's ever been spent on security for any one event. Is yeah, this was I, this event? I believe it. Um, some protesters uh, decided to make make a little light of it, though. Apparently, um, by a very nice donation of uh, I'm not sure if it's an anonymous source or not. <laughs> I'd like to meet this person. <laughs> Five pounds of marijuana were brought in and uh, distributed amongst the protesters for um, for a, a G420 smokeout. For free. For free. For free. (laughs) Five pounds for free. Five pounds for free. Yeah, that's ballers. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they they gave out five pounds and people puffed it down right outside, signed all the bullshit sound of the G20 for the G420. That is sweet. That's the way to go. I wonder if they could smell (laughs) the smoke while they were talking about opium in Afghanistan. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that'll change their opinions on some of their talks, huh? It, it, maybe they're on there <laughs> catching contact. They're like, hey, you know, you know, on second thought, maybe that's a little too harsh on the people. Right, right, right. Don't count on it. Wow. Well, yeah. that was uh, that's what we got for you guys. Um, we got uh, a little something for the end of the show, like I, I normally like to put together. He, yeah, Matt. Matt really is into uh, uh, um, 
clips at the end of the show. So we're going to roll a clip for what for Montel Williams and yeah, his uh, discussion about legalization. He was he was making, making his rounds. yeah making his rounds in in um, New York I, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, but he he showed up on a bunch of different talk shows and he held a press conference. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna play uh, that press conference. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, people. Well, this was the Cannabis Agenda. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you so much. Please contact mm. us, find us, connect with all of our, you know, all of our internet sources and everything. Check us out at uh, www.cannabisagenda.com. Um, give us a call, 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N. Uh, we are on Twitter as the Cannabis Agenda. All of us are on there as individuals as well. You can find us on Facebook. You can listen to our shows directly from the website, and you can uh, subscribe on iTunes. Um, we appreciate you guys. We would mm -hmm. love to hear from more of you. We, uh, If we uh, find something worthy in the email or on the phone list or whatever, we are giving out free copies of Reefer Madness to whoever we mention. So uh, uh, please you know, shoot us some of your thoughts. We'd really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yep. And join us next week. For sure. We'll be back. Right Peace on. and pot. Bye, guys. You've been listening to the Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. A lot of people who claim to be against marijuana have no idea that they don't know. They have no idea that they really don't know why they have the stand that they have. And they just come up with a stand and come up with these, you know, anecdotal reasons why they say no. But if they listen to some truths, and I think that's what Reverend Diaz had an opportunity to do today. And, and I'm, not that I'm the only person in this country that's telling truth, but, you know. You might be the only person in Albany who's telling the truth at the moment. Well, you know, <laughs> when you have to t ask a senator a question like, do you know, senator, that the federal government dispenses marijuana every month, every 17th of every month, and has done so for the last 35 years, and your taxpayer dollars are going to pay for that. And when a senator looks you back in the face and says, no, well, there's a problem here. Is that how you get your marijuana? No, I don't get it through that program. How do you fact, get here's, it? Here's the problem. See, that program was started under the first George W. Bush, and most of your viewers don't know this either. For 35 years, Taxpayer dollars have paid for a program at the University of Mississippi to grow marijuana and dispense it. Legally. Legally. Yep. It was done to 20 people. Now, 16 of them have died and there are four left. Those four, every 17th of the month, get canisters of marijuana rolled and made by the University of Mississippi. Now, excuse me for a second here. I thought the job of the federal government was to do <laughs> no harm. If that's true, why would you dispense a product claiming its efficacy? If it wasn't. So you actually use marijuana every day? Every single day, and I will do so every day until the day I drop dead. Before you came to the Capitol? Yes. And did you tell Reverend Diaz that? Um, no, but I, sp I spoke openly about the fact that I medicate myself, and I consider medicating. I medicate myself, 
every morning. I medicate myself throughout the day, and I medicate myself every single evening, just the same way as anybody else has, and just the same way as I did when I got up in the morning taking it, the prescription medication that I was taking at inordinate amounts to keep track of the same issues that I have. I'm using marijuana. For. So where do you get your marijuana? I am. I have. I'm a card-carrying marijuana user in two of the 14 states that it's legal in, and I'll plead the fifth as to how I take care of my needs <laughs> where I am. So you, let me ask you then, right now, as we were speaking, you've already used marijuana today. So here's, here's something that's so crazy about this. People don't even, again, don't understand the drug. If you read any information about it, go back to the 98 study that was commissioned by General McCaffrey under Bill Clinton, we proved for a fact that marijuana doesn't affect everybody the exact same way. People who have illnesses like mine that have traumatic neuropathic illness, we don't get the same euphoria that people who don't have it. A study just came out three months ago from the University of Southern of San Diego in California, commissioned by the government of California for 10 years. They studied marijuana, and they studied surreptitiously so nobody else could know that they were doing it. And that study came back proving unequivocally that it is one of the most efficacious drugs on the planet for the disease that I have, MS. I don't get the same euphoria that other people do. I get neuropathic pain lessening, and that's why I use it. I have pain in my lower extremities that is here 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Every single minute of the day, I'm sitting there right now with you. You asked me if I, if I use marijuana today. I'm sitting there right now with you, and I could, if I wasn't in an interview, I would be outside here right now trying to make sure I could medicate myself to stop some of this pain, because mm. that's where it's at, and it stays there. The only thing I can do right now is to take it from about a 6 to a 4, sometimes a 5 to a 3, and that makes it manageable. Um, are there other things that I could probably do? Oh, yeah. How about let's take 16 Oxycontins today? Well, but you could also take the, um, the, the uh, fabricated no, version of medical marijuana. No, you can't. It's something that's called marijuana. It's been right. around in this country for 30 years. It's a synthetic version of the same drug. And that synthetic version of the drug has now been proven by everybody who's ever attempted it. That's the reason I don't write prescriptions for it anymore is because it, its synthetic nature makes it spike in ways that isn't like marijuana. And it's not, you can't control the dosage. Not at all. And it's kind of, it's, it's strange. Here, here's here's, here's so, what's so weird about this is that I always get that as the question. But no one in this country will ask this question. Why is it that today? Your, if you have a child, your 10 to 14 year old child can walk into any grocery store, any drug store, any health food store in America and buy the most dangerous drug on the planet without a prescription. Aspirin? Without a doctor friend. And where is aspirin made? It's made from the willow tree, from the bark of the willow tree. Aspirin is sold over the counter, no prescription necessary. A child takes enough of them, and it's not a lot, dead, two hours, overdose and dead. We don't even know, and I defy anybody watching this to find the doctor who can answer this question. Right now today, medical science cannot tell you why aspirin works completely. They don't know. Aspirin is an analgesic, analgesic it's an anti-inflammatory, it's a painless, no one knows why. But we sell it. It was a plant. We developed it. Why can't we do the same thing with the marijuana? Okay, plant? the Senate actually, and you just met with uh, John Sampson, suggested taxing medical marijuana. Please Are do. you okay with that? Come on, let's what, tax it. Not only tax it, this is the, the bill that's written here in the state of New York is the best bill written in this entire country. 
I'm right now working in the state of Maine with the initiative in Maine. I'm working in the state of California with the California Initiative. I helped Senator uh, Scatari and the state of New Jersey pass the marijuana bill in New Jersey. Um, you know, what, what is, what's, what's absolutely insane is that in Oakland right now, that's going to be the first municipality that's going to sponsor grow facilities, and they're going to tax the devil out of it. Come on, I want you to, because see, here's the problem. People keep looking at this as if there's just a bunch of potheads sitting around in a corner somewhere. There are people out here just like the pharmaceutical industry has not created one drug that they believe will work for more than 25 to 27 percent of the population. That's a fact. For not one pain see, pill, yeah. not a Percocet, nothing. Not one pain pill will work for more than 27 percent of the population. You can take one, I can take one, it'll work differently in the two of us. It's the same thing with marijuana. It may work for me. It may not work for you. But what do you say to people who say, oh, well, it's a gateway drug, you know, people are going to abuse it and use it in some way that it then becomes, gets kids are going to have it, access to it. I know that it's very, it's written in a very stringent manner. It's absolutely ridiculous because right now one of the, the, the most abused drugs in the, in the country are prescription medication that kids mm -hmm. take right out of parents' uh, medicine cabinets. As a matter of fact, some of you watching right now, check the number of pills you've got in your little bottle to see whether or not a couple of them are missing. That's what we've been doing. So, so the truth is, the way this bill is written here in New York, it's going to be dispensed through the pharmaceutical industry, through pharmacies, through not the pharmaceutical industry, through pharmacies. If pharmacists are the ones dispensing it, and they are the ones that right now have the ability to control all of the other legal drugs that we sell, like heroin, or, you know, you can get heroin. A doctor can write you a prescription for that. For an opiate-based drug. No, I'm talking heroin, girlfriend. Dimorphine. Dimorphine, heroin, the exact same drug. How about Talon, one molecule off from heroin? You can get that, clearly. How about Oxycontin? Now that's the opiate-based drugs. And there's a whole series of those. Okay, so if, if a doctor is smart enough to write a prescription for that, why are we saying that that same doctor might not be smart enough to write a prescription for this? And you, they control those substances. You've been coming here since at least 2004, mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. It is now 2010. It's New York's not, a little slow. A little. It's not moving. And I, the likelihood that it might move this, this year is questionable because, mm -hmm. as you've seen, the, um, we've had a little bit of a budget mess here. I'm not sure if you've noticed. And that's why I said earlier, you know, it's a little presumptuous of me to believe that everything's going to come to a screeching halt for this, but you've got a budget crisis, and guess what? The state of New Jersey is about ready to actually kick your know-what because New Jersey passed the law, and they passed that law last year. Even though Governor Christie's trying his best to stop it, he's only going to get about a six-month moratorium. And at the end of that, the state of New Jersey is going to get sued. So the bottom line is they're going to start dispensing marijuana in New Jersey. And guess where New Yorkers are going? So you got a budget problem? You want to take care of your budget problem? A hundred million dollars a year is going into the budget coffers of California right now. And that's just the beginning. When Oakland opens it up, they're going to get a hundred million dollars themselves. Are you meeting with any Republicans today? I'm hoping to meet with anybody who's willing to say hello and let's talk. I mean, you know, it, this, this is not, I will tell you that you're going to find that there are a lot of Republicans who are very supportive of this because a lot of them understand that this has been a ridiculously ignorant argument. How can they actually even be seated in an office in this country today and allow the federal government to dispense marijuana to four people and allow their constituents to be in pain? How dare they? So if you're a seated official right now, to me, 
you know, how dare you claim to be representing your constituents when you're allowing other people to get something from the federal government that you won't allow your own constituents to get. Uh, uh, forgive me for not being able to recall. Do you live in New York? I live in New York. I live in Manhattan. And you vote here? I vote here. And will you be voting for anyone who doesn't vote yes on this bill? Should oh, come I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's not that I'm, I, there's no threat, but I believe in compassion. Here's something I do that nobody even understands from me. I had 22 years in the military. I was in the Marine Corps and the Navy. I spend every three to four weeks for the last six months, and I will do this for the next ten years until we bring them all home. I go to Bethesda and Walter Reed hospitals, and I go visit our returning troops, the guys who just left body parts last week there. I see them when they come out. I'll be going back next week again. I do this over and over again. And why? Because I believe in compassion. And I believe in anybody else who believes in compassion. If you are compassionate enough to, set, to understand that there are people in this state that are suffering and you are not willing to relieve their pain in a way that's easy to do, you're not getting my vote, babe. Montel Williams, I want to thank you very much thank for you. spending some time with us no, today. Thank you. Take care. Absolutely. Thank nice you. to meet you. Nice to meet you.